You're listening to Human 2, a production of New Directions, hosted and produced by Baldi Pabla and me, Anna Gray. Today on the show, we have a bonus episode for y'all in which we attempt to answer some frequently asked questions and address commonly held stereotypes about people who are unhoused. Thanks for joining us. Baldi, you're going to be on the hot seat today as I get to be the one asking the questions. I'm happy to be here. All right, so let's get started. Can you give us a general overview of the history of homelessness in the U.S.? Sure. The long story short is that people in the U.S. have been experiencing homelessness since the 1600s. The frontier wars contributed to indigenous people's displacement from tribal lands, while poor houses began popping up in the 1700s on big East Coast cities. Even before the independence of our country, you had massive groups of indigenous folks, as well as recently freed or still enslaved African Americans wandering the countryside with whatever housing provided not meeting any definition of what we know as a habitable unit. In the 1830s, we saw the first federal policy that created mass homelessness, the Indian Removal Act contributing to the Trail of Tears, while chattel slavery and the slave trade expanded into the Southwest. In California, in the 1882 Chinese Exclusion Act, as well as in the 1940s Japanese internment, we saw additional loss of property while federal policies of redlining through the 1900s created mortgage disparities, city ordinance zoning, the creation of ethnic ghettos, dismantling of integration, and the opportunities for home ownership or wealth accumulation impacting the economic potential of many of these communities. We have a general notion that back then, people who experienced homelessness had intrinsic character flaws or were in some way morally corrupt. And while that viewpoint or misconception is still held to this day, the 19th and early 20th centuries have afforded us different views, including the glamorization of this transient lifestyle in books such as The Grapes of Wrath. By the 1920s, the focus shifts to helping people find jobs to become more stable. And this shift in thinking helps lead to the creation of social programs under the New Deal, like the Works Progress Administration, which employed many job-seeking Americans and legislation such as the Wagner-Steagall Housing Act of 1937, which created the U.S. Housing Authority and low-cost or subsidized housing as we know it today. The focus on using social programs to combat homelessness continued, but there were also other things like deinstitutionalization in the 1960s that contributed to increases in the homeless population, especially in the cities. By the 1990s, with a large increase of unhoused individuals, the local, state, and federal governments began to fund more programs to help those who were homeless or at risk of homelessness, such as the McKinney-Vento Act. And these programs continue to this day as our understanding of homelessness shifts. You mentioned a lot of different things that happened throughout the years that contributed to the rise of homelessness. What are the major factors that contribute to the rise in homelessness today? I get asked that all the time. As I mentioned, there are many factors that contribute to the homelessness that we see in the U.S., um, one of them just being deinstitutionalization. However, today, the primary reason somebody might report that they're homeless uh, can be things like unemployment, underemployment, substance and alcohol use, divorce or separation, eviction, arguments with a friend or relative, and mass incarceration. What isn't reflected in that but should also be considered when we examine the reasons why someone's homeless include racial and or gender inequities, medical issues, mental health issues, and definitely the impact of social policies on people's lives. 
Yeah, we heard the participants mention in the show that people lost their housing due to a combination of factors, like what you just mentioned. However, when most people think about homelessness, they think of someone who is diagnosed with mental illness or substance use. While that seems to be a part of it, it doesn't sound like a primary factor. What would you say the overall prevalence is of substance use or mental illness? Many people believe that someone who's on the street might be struggling with some form of mental illness or substance abuse. But looking at the numbers, we see a slightly different picture. In Santa Clara County, where we're based as an example, only 42% of individuals who identified as homeless in 2019 said they were diagnosed with a mental illness. Only 35% said they abused drugs or alcohol. Most people cite that the primary reason for their homelessness was in fact job loss. Those statistics are really fascinating considering what, what most people believe. You mentioned that we should also consider race inequities. How does race affect those numbers and what impact does race have on someone either losing their housing or trying to find housing? If we look back at that history of the U.S., it's really contextualized there with white folks having been given a slightly larger advantage due to policies based in white supremacy that continue to this day. As an example, we were just discussing the New Deal, under which programs had favored white Americans by giving them access to jobs and affordable housing, which technically put them at an advantage to make it out of poverty. By the mid to late 1900s, when the U.S. was seeing a large increase in the homeless population because of things like deinstitutionalization, gentrification, high unemployment rates and budget cuts to HUD, uh, as well as other social programs, the demographics actually shifted uh, to Black folks and Native Americans who became overrepresented in the homeless count while white folks became underrepresented. To answer the second part of your question, that systemic racism and discrimination can still be found today and can definitely have an impact on housing. A study out of LA found that Black people are too often precluded from housing due to racial discrimination on part of the property owner, the leasing agent, or the property manager. Homeless service providers participating in community listening se sessions also shared that it's more difficult and sometimes impossible to find housing for their Black participants. Yeah, I also read that report out of LA, and it sounded like they had some great recommendations, like developing a civil and human rights ordinance to investigate and enforce against discriminatory practices in housing and unemployment. I also noticed that it was mentioned by some of the people interviewed that they did not want to either accept or seek help because of the stigma associated with uh, being homeless or it's not for Black people. We heard similar sentiments from our participants. What do you make of this statement, some people just don't want to be helped? My suggestion is that we need to examine why we're offering help and our resentment and frustration when it's declined, uh, as opposed to writing off the person who declined the help in the first place. From my experience, there might be many reasons people decline help, such as fear of being denied services, previous negative experiences with service providers, or general concerns. For example, even the fear that you might get bed bugs at a shelter. Yeah, that's so true. I guess we have a lot to learn about other people's experiences instead of just going off of stereotypes and assumptions. So before we wrap up here, what are some resources out there for either someone who is experiencing homelessness or wants to learn more about the issue? If someone's currently experiencing homelessness and would like to be referred to services, they should definitely call 211 to be connected to services in their community. These services include food resources, temporary shelters, information on housing support services, and more. If someone wants to learn more about what it means to be homeless 
or become an advocate for change in their community, they should also check out the National Alliance to End Homelessness at endhomelessness.org. Thanks for those resources, and thank you all for joining us here today. You've been listening to Human 2, a production of New Directions. Many thanks to both Baldeep for answering our questions today and to all of our participants. If you're interested in learning more about this topic, please see our show notes for references and links to resources. And please don't forget to subscribe to our show and follow us on Instagram at human2podcast, spelled H-U-M-A-N-T-O-O-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Thanks for listening.